It's the Sunday Chronicle on Stax 92.1. It's the Sunday Chronicle. We gon' give the news and keep you up to date. From crimes to the politics, you gon' know what's up around your way. We give two thumbs up to everyone out here doing their thing. We gon' show men love to all the ones working hard in communities. It's the Sunday Chronicles. Good morning and welcome to the Sunday Chronicle. I'm your host, Giannis Jackson, coming to you from Stacks 92.1. Every Sunday morning, I'm here for you. Today, we have a very special guest, uh, Judge Clint Kennedy from 30th District Circuit Court. And I hope I said that correctly. I want to make sure I get everything right uh, for you, Your Honor. I'm going to pass it to you and let you introduce yourself and uh, talk a little bit about uh, your background and some of the work you do in the community. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me here uh, today. It's the 30th Circuit Court, so we're the major trial court. Okay. Uh, for the county. It's a county-wide position. Uh, I've been there since uh, 2011. I'll be retiring on December 31st of uh, this year. But at the court, we handle uh, all major uh, felony cases, all major civil cases. Uh, uh, We handle administrative appeals. So we do a lot of different areas and type work there at the court. So um, with, with those, those cases and, that you see in day in and day out on the docket, what do you do to disconnect your work and then reconnect after you go home? Uh, I've never really had much of a problem doing that. I've always been a, a, a pretty regimented person, so I don't really carry the work home. Uh, had a lot of training before coming to the bench. Of course, I had been an attorney maybe for 35, 36 years prior to coming to the bench. And most of the areas that I now sit on as judge, I had worked as an attorney. Okay. So I had a lot of inside knowledge uh, with the those type cases. So don't really have to take it home too much. The hardest okay. part always comes down to sentencing concerning rehabilitation versus punishment okay and uh, and everything in between really <laughs> and so i think uh, those cases probably caused the most consternation what do you do with a young man or woman who's like maybe on the verge of going but can still be pulled back is uh, sending them to jail really going to help them or are you going to give them another opportunity in the community. Does that sit sit with you sometimes? Because you have these life-altering decisions in your hands. That's a big responsibility. How does that feel internally uh, when you well, do Well, I think that? I recognize the importance in uh, many situations. All I can do is give the participants an opportunity. So I'm not making the, the decision. Yes. The individual has to make the decision as to whether they're going to go along with what society says is appropriate or go down another road. Yeah. So um, I, I see that. I know that it's a major decision, especially uh, with families and children, uh, their parent. If their parent is, you know, in a criminal justice system, it has mm-hmm. an impact. Uh, it's going to impact them forever. Mm-hmm. So uh, try to take that into consideration. But really, all you can do is give the uh, participants 
as many opportunities as you can right to show right. that they can make some different decisions it's about mm-hmm. poor decision making yeah and so one thing that i i see um is the frustration of the justice system the legal system in today's society and you've been um in the 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 area of oh, the legal system law enforcement for some time so what are some of the good things that you've seen from when you first started uh, your legal career as a and as an attorney and, and up to, uh, until now, some things that you have seen involved evolve in a good way? Well, I think the criminal justice system has evolved. For instance, the prison population is down substantially. I think uh-huh. it was close to. 60,000 at one Mm -hmm. time, it's down to about 30, 32,000. So that's been a substantial reduction, we'll say, since 2010. Uh, And uh, they have revised the guidelines. Uh, I think the system looks more toward rehabilitation. We have specialized programs now, specialty courts. We have drug courts. We have domestic violence courts. We have veterans courts. I have what's known as a Swift Insurance Sanction Probation Program, which is designed for people who really should be going to prison. Now, what is that again? It's called Swift Insurance Sanction Probation Program, okay. SSSPP. Okay. And so it's a program that's funded by the state. Uh, for high-risk probationers, we'll say, Mm -hmm. and who generally have committed another crime while they were on probation Uh or have a history of uh, multiple felonies. So on the current offense, they probably should be going to prison, Mm -hmm. uh, but this is a program that offers uh, more rehabilitative services. And the main advantage of this particular program is that we pay for everything. Ah, So persons don't have to worry about scrambling to get their drug test money or scrambling to to pay their counseling fees. Mm -hmm. We pay for it all. We offer a lot of more... uh, Umbrella services, I would say. Yes, and and that's uh, a thing that I'm I'm really happy to hear you say is the rehabilitation, um, and I wonder at times if uh, some might focus too much on the punishment aspect of it. Um, what I'm thinking about the the term that just uh, popped up in my head is uh, restorative justice. Are you familiar with it? I'm do you, familiar do with it. Do you think there is a part? Uh, or a place for that in the uh, justice system or no? On some cases. In some cases. I mean, you depends, can't really right? have okay. a lot of restorative justice if somebody's uh, son or daughter was killed in, yeah. a, in an act. So I, I don't see it working there. Yeah. I mean, on things like, uh, you know, credit card theft, breaking and entering the home, Maybe some of your non-severe assaults mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, could work in that area. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> where, Do you think it'd be cer- uh, better in certain age groups, maybe, or just depends? Well, I mean, when people are like over thirty-five, they're pretty set. So, okay. <laughs> okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Not. And restorative justice, where these uh, two-way street, so it's it, yeah. really for yes. the victim as well as the perpetrator. Mm-hmm. So probably 18 to 35 is more optimal, I would say. It doesn't mean that you couldn't use it. Yeah. But most of the time you want to try to get uh, youthful offenders who have an opportunity to turn it around. Yes. It, uh, a, uh, sometimes what you see, is it more generational or do you think it's situational? It's just different with every case, huh? Well, there's a lot of generational uh 
stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you look at it, excuse me, their parents would have been incarcerated or poverty. Poverty is a big yeah. issue. Uh, and so there is some generational aspect. Would you say um, there is a way that you distinguish yourself from other uh, uh, judges that may be on the bench or other people in this field, in this area? <clears throat> I think we have a pretty good bench. I mean, I think everybody listens. The main thing is listening listen. and giving people an opportunity. So uh, we can talk about punishment and people only look at the end. Yeah. Uh, somebody went to prison. You sent my prison, my child to prison for three years. Well, no, I didn't send anybody pr to prison. I was uh, applying the penalty as prescribed by statute. So yes. it wasn't me. But before we get there and I'll, I would say 90 percent of the cases, we've done a lot of other stuff before mm -hmm. we get to that point. So when we talk about rehabilitation, we have... Uh, excellent probation staff you know we have a lot of alternatives to incarceration electronic monitoring is big mm -hmm. uh, to give people an opportunity to not have to be incarcerated uh, that's a big we have a lot of uh, drug and alcohol testing we have mental health counseling we have anger management so we have a lot of programs so most of the time unless unless it's a violent crime now so you've got somebody that's has attempted to murder somebody or shot somebody. Mm -hmm. That puts it in a different category. But the other ones, most of the time, we have provided a lot of other services to get to the point. So I think the public's under the impression that someone is convicted of a crime, and boom, they're, no, that's not the way it is today. Today, uh -huh. it's like we've put in a lot of other services, and when we conclude that the services, you aren't benefiting from the services, then we have to... Uh, look at incarceration. With the changes that have gone on with uh, technology and, and uh, since the pandemic, how have you adjusted to the whole, like to Zoom and, and, and court hearings being on Zoom? How is there, a, how is it the comparison? Is it better to you? Is it just. Uh, well, and I think it's more convenient for the parties. Okay. I use a lot of Zoom. Uh, before the pandemic, you only could use Zoom in limited situations mm -hmm. as approved by the Supreme Court. Okay. But during the pandemic, they opened it up, so they gave us a lot more options. I mean, you really can't have trials on, on Zoom, but you can do almost all your other hearings on Zoom. So the attorneys like it. Don't have people waiting in court. The, mm -hmm. uh, the litigants seem to like it. Um, so that they can still maybe instead of taking a half day off from work, they can get an hour okay. and go take care of it on Zoom. Have you seen things move a little bit faster with the uh, Zoom? Well, the backlog that the pandemic <laughs> created was yeah. just humongous. Oh, All right. So what the county has done, they have they got a grant mm -hmm. that's geared to they have a visiting judge and they've uh, just in fact, today is the first day they're having a trial. They put an annex courthouse in across the street from the Grady Porter uh, complex downtown uh -huh. with a courtroom dedicated for working on this backlog. So it's oh, a wow. three year okay. grant. And hopefully they feel over three years they'll be able to get that backlog down. But the, the pandemic created a huge backlog on both the criminal and the civil docket. Mm. And that's the stuff that uh, I would say, well, I didn't know about that. And, and that may be things that people don't hear every day, but it, it's good to hear that uh, 
there's something in place to to work at that right that's, that's in place to, to work on it a lot of hearings are on zoom um so also for people who happen to be incarcerated zoom is a real benefit for the mm-hmm. sheriff's department and the department of corrections because they don't have to transport oh and that safety risk and the safety risk yes. so prior they had to bring the person to the courthouse either from the county or from correctional facilities but now we can do those on Zoom, so it's so a safety, and then a lot of the, I guess, residents or correctional facilities like it because it's just not uh, that comfortable to be transported by corrections to wherever your courthouse yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can imagine. Well, there. Uh, I mean, I, I really, I commend you for what you do. I, I know it cannot be easy work, and day in and day out. And so I am, uh, it's, it's good knowing that uh, there are judges like you on our bench and there continue to be fine people that step forward, you know, um, as uh, you, you pass the torch. And um, I know you probably have a lot of things that you're uh, thinking about as you enter the next chapter in your life. And I'd love to talk about that. And we'll get to that after this break. Thank you. At Lansing Community College, I'm learning for my future. LCC offers one and two year pathways to careers in healthcare, IT, manufacturing, and other professional trades. More than 500,000 professional trades jobs will need to be filled in Michigan by 2026. So I know I'm learning for a great career. I belong at LCC. You belong here too. Visit lcc.edu slash you belong and enroll today. Let me tell you a story about Bill. Bill was a normal guy in his 50s. He had back surgery about two years ago. Bill was in a lot of pain. He dealt with his pain by taking the Percocets his doctor prescribed for him. Bill took more and more and more of them to help with the pain until one day the prescriptions weren't enough to get rid of Bill's pain. Then one day Bill found someone to help him get rid of the pain with illegal drugs he didn't need a prescription for. Fast forward to today. Bill lost his job and his family. The only thing he does have is his drug dealer. If you know Bill's story and you don't want to end up like Bill, call the Detox and Treatment Helpline right now to get away and get treatment. 800-210-7907. 800-210-7907. 800-210-7907. That's 800 210 7907 I'm the type to dance to her very own beat Ask me where I am, probably somewhere singing Around my way they call me Jingle Queen Because I sing about everything I just do it, Nike Have it your way, Burger King Snap, crackle, pop, go Rice Krispies Maybe it's You me. should call me the Jingle Queen, when you're in need of dope melodies, you should call the Jingle Queen, when you're in need, you should call me, call me, the Jingle Queen, oh you should call the Jingle Queen, www.lorepen.com, that's L-A-U-R-E-P-E-N.com.
and welcome back to the Sunday Chronicle. I'm your host, Giannis Jackson, coming to you from Stacks 92.1. This is the community platform because community knows what community needs. Uh, today, my special guest is Judge Clint Kennedy. This is, um, I'm honored to have him here today because um, I met him personally uh, a few years ago, but I uh, remember you uh, through my father. Yes. And so I'm appreciative of these relationships that I have because a lot of people in Lansing, I know them indirectly through the relationship uh, with my father and uh, them being in the paper and watching uh, their career, you know, on the rise. So I am um, honored to have you uh, here today. You're on. um, I remember Jay very well. In fact, when I uh, started my own office in 1987, that was about the time the paper was starting, and Mm -hmm. I, I had a column in the paper for a long time. Uh, Kennedy speaks, right? right yeah, right. I remember that. I remember that, and um, and you would write every issue. You right. would have something in there. Correct. And um, and and so it, it's good to to see that um, just the uh, the legacy in it because I, I started looking at uh, the relationships and the different things that uh, my father built over the years. And it, it's it's funny how much I learned after my father's passing because he would try to tell me stuff, you know, but we know everything. Right. Don't we? When we're kids, we just know everything. And so he would he would tell me the stuff. And now I'm just like, oh, OK, this is why he did that. And this is why he did this. And I see really the value in what he built. And. A lot of the times I see people get wrapped up in, in, in things that monetary things that their uh, ancestors or their parents or grandparents can leave them. Right. And they look at that. But what I would say I gained is uh, the relationships. My, my, my father passed down these great relationships and business uh, partnerships and things. And he built this business for 36 years. And I got a chance to meet people like you and and people like the drain commissioner and the mayor and and such. And and for me, I didn't realize how much power and responsibility comes with that. Mm. And then when it was dropped into my lap, because I used to I used to say, no, I'm ready to take it over. I'm ready to take over the newspaper. Dad. Come on. Come on. And he had, he had a grip on it. He's like, oh, yeah, sure. Sure. And then it drops into my lap. Mm-hmm. And then I'm talking to people I had no idea I'd be on the phone with. And and I'm like, OK, Bishop such and such and, and, and judge such and such. And I'm like, oh, wow. And so I, I say that it, to say that I'm just happy that I can use my dad's vision to help sew together the community. Um, I see there has been a lot of division. There's a lot of silos here. And I started to realize why my parents started this paper, right? Mm. And, and wanted to change the narrative. Starting this during uh, the war on drugs when you would see... Um, young black man being handcuffed when you would see that that's all uh, that we had in the media were these negative pictures so I'm glad that I have a chance to interact with people that are doing uh, things every day like this uh, book Miss Sharon Rogers wrote you know and she brought me her book that she published uh, 
during COVID. And she said she wrote that for five years. But these stories are the ones I would like to bring together. And and you, uh, you practice law, you had a legal column, and and now you're moving to the next chapter, right? So you're 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 um, going to be exiting the the bench, right? Exiting the bench in December thirty uh, first mm-hmm. be the last day. Uh, and I, I'm still waiting to be more revealed. I mean, I, I could go back to practice, but I don't know if at my age I want to put that type of energy in it. So I can be like a, of console, or I could even be a visiting judge somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's possible for me to to uh, sit, step in for where there's a need around the state as a visiting judge. Those are all possibilities. Mm-hmm. And so what are the, some of the things that you would like to do uh, personally as far as community goes? Well, I mean, I would just pretty much continue to do what I'm doing. You know, I'm pretty uh, vested in the uh, recovery community mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, from uh, people who have recovered from uh, drugs and alcohol. So I don't foresee that changing mm-hmm. any. You know, I, I, I was the founder of the Davis Dunning Bar Association. They're oh, getting really? ready okay. to honor me uh, soon on my retirement. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been involved in that and state bar activities. So I would imagine I would continue just to do okay. what I've done. I might just have a different platform. Okay. I mean, it's very important for that. I mean, I, and, and you have probably seen the difference. And I don't know if it's in, in caseload or behavior, but since COVID hit, the increase of the reliance of substance abuse or you know substances and drug use and things like that. So uh, being in that field and and helping people in that area, I think that is a much needed. It's definitely changed. I mean, marijuana is legal now, so that helps. So that. Um and and the statute that allows people to set aside convictions has really helped a lot of people mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. I mean that's that's part of the criminal justice reform. We'll say that's helped a lot of people to get rid of, uh, say, an old marijuana conviction. Say that's ten years old when marijuana is legal now. So yeah. I mean that mm-hmm. that things like that. Uh, we have uh, those uh, type of things going. Uh, now, I guess that's sort of along the lines of restorative justice, although mm-hmm. it's like trying to put people back in a position where that's not going to hamper or hinder them. Mm-hmm. But the drug uses itself, when back in the day it was marijuana, maybe a little cocaine, heroin, but now it's uh, methamphetamine and fentanyl. Mm-hmm. And uh, fentanyl especially is a killer. Mm-hmm. So... That's a that's a tough one. So has we that improved at all? Have you seen no. as far as not not since marijuana's been legal, the methamphetamine use and still still there. Methamphetamine especially has gone up. Uh, I mean, right now, I don't see that. Well, I don't see any marijuana cases, a few cocaine cases, hardly any heroin cases. But we see a lot of methamphetamine ah. and fentanyl cases, okay. right? So the other problem is uh, gun violence. Ah, yes, I it mean is. that's big. Oh, it's, uh, it's, it's with um, severe people arming themselves, and I mean it's it's 
a lot of people get caught up with carrying a concealed weapon in a motor vehicle or something. They're probably are pretty decent citizens, but all they have to do is go down and get them a concealed license permit. Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> I mean, that is true. And so I, I see that in my court. I mean, somebody comes in at 25, doesn't have any criminal record, riding around with a gun. I said, oh, you, I know hardly anybody gets rejected. Mm-hmm. for concealed weapons permit. Yeah. And so all you have to do is go down and take care of that. So I try to say, take care of some business. If if you choose and feel you need to have a weapon, go get you a concealed license permit. Then yeah. you're good. Do you think that needs to be maybe publicized a little more? I think more? so. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. All right. Uh, I think I think people sort of know that in the back of their minds, but they just don't follow through on it. Yeah, yeah. And, and maybe so, it seems I mean, I think that's something yeah. that that could be publicized. Just go get you a permit, and you don't have to end up catching a case. And then the prosecutors under a lot of pressure because a lot of people who have guns abuse them. Yeah, you got people who got shot who. 25 years ago might have gotten beaten up. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a lot different now. So, I mean, a lot of people carrying, uh, you know, weapons and, and things. And uh, I know that uh, just looking from the outside, it's a big responsibility to carry a, a weapon. So, right. I mean, I, I would say for myself, I want to be trained, you know. Well, and they have a around. training requirement, but it's not onerous. I mean, it's really like almost administrative. I mean, you have to have some training but it's not an onerous requirement okay. in order to get a permit. Mm-hmm. And so I, oh, so you can get the permit. You don't have to get the... That's different than the, the concealed carry thing? That no, that is, clerk, that, that is. That, that is, the yeah, office. the permit. Okay. That's when you get the clerk's office. Okay. So, so the training is not onerous. I mean, maybe one day, I mean, half a day, four hours. It's not really major. And then the permit is just paying, pay, paying the fee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so that would help a lot. So we get a lot of people, a lot of citizens. Uh, it doesn't make too much difference on race. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see it being a race issue. I mean, it's like a lot of females are catching carry concealed weapons, man. It's yeah, just like yeah. the males. I, I see that. And, no, I do. I see and, that. Um, and most of the people would qualify. And then you have some people who are just like, criminals. Yeah. I mean, so you got to look at it from that standpoint, yeah, yeah. too. So, well, but I the mean, vast majority are not really fall in that category. They mm-hmm. just fall in. So I always like to ask before we wrap things up with the show uh, what you would like to leave with the audience, what you would like to leave, uh, something that'll make an impact, a positive impact on uh, someone or the community as a whole. Okay, well, I've come to believe that no condition is permanent, mm-hmm. all right? So you may find yourself in a situation that you do not like, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, but uh, what, through my own experience and watching others, if you stick to it and you have some patience, and you're persistent and persevere, things will get better. So I've learned that you just don't know what you're going through while you're in the midst of it. Mm, and yes. you can't really find out till you get through to the other side and look back. Yeah. So don't give up. Don't be uh, full of despair. Don't get depressed. Yeah, sometimes, you know, people don't realize, and I tell this to people I work with, 
So no one chose where they started life. Right, <laughs> okay. Right, right. So somewhere about age four or five, they came to, they woke up. And they were in some type of household, whether it be doctors, lawyers, thieves, yeah, <laughs> whatever right. it is. Right. And, and, and the people started saying, you're black, you're white, you live in South Africa, you live in Colombia. This is what we do in our family. And they then uh, accept that as the norm. Yes. And, and that's I, the family of origin. Correct? Family yes, of origin. Yes. Accept as the norm. And yes. so people forget they didn't choose that. And so you can give yourself permission to unlearn those things and put stuff that works for you. And I see uh, too many times where people just hold on to that. You know, this is how we do it. But mm -hmm. the way that they do it in that household is not the right way. Right. And so you have to sort of give yourself permission to uh, put in something else. Right. And that's why no condition is permanent. It can look super bad, but... Uh, in fact, I just recently had a young man who thanked me for sending him to <laughs> corrections, and he, he because I try to talk to the people, and I and I had told him at the time he was a kind man, <laughs> and his grandmother was sitting in the courtroom, I, but he came up and he said I was absolutely right, and that he had totally changed, and that uh, he's now on the right track. So. Yeah. I've discovered you never know when someone's going to make it. And so you can't help everybody, but everybody you can. So all you can do is put the information out there like the sun. You sort of yeah. like put it out there and whether whether or not it fructinates, yeah, <laughs> germ yeah. germinates, right. fructifies is on them. It is. Yes. And, but you you can't be tarnished by saying I'm not going to do this today because I already did it five times. <laughs> right? yeah. So you have to still put it out there. That's what I've learned. You got to still put it out there. And that's and that's great. I mean, I, I, I strive, you know, when I, I'm aware of something, I try to change one bad habit with one good habit, one step at a time, you right. know, and give myself and give others grace. Um, so I thank you for being here. And, you know, you'll always have a place to come back and chat. And if you want to write a column again, uh, we will have you back at the Chronicle. So with that being said, I want to thank you for being here today. I want to thank my listeners for coming back once again to listen to the Sunday Chronicle heard every here, uh, heard here every Sunday morning on Stacks 92.1. I'm your host, Giannis. Jackson and this is the community platform because community knows what community needs. Make it a great day. Thank you. At Lansing Community College, I'm learning for my future. LCC offers one and two year pathways to careers in healthcare, IT, manufacturing, and other professional trades. More than 500,000 professional trades jobs will need to be filled in Michigan by 2026. So I know I'm learning for a great career. I belong at LCC. You belong here too. Visit lcc.edu slash you belong and enroll today. Have you ever met a single person in your life that enjoys paying taxes? No, no one does. If you can't sleep at night because you have a huge problem with the IRS, I've got some free advice for you. This service is strictly limited to individuals that owe the IRS $10,000 or more in back taxes. And if you qualify, we can guarantee that you won't be writing a big fat check to the IRS or our services cost you nothing. 
The first 100 people that call today will get a free tax consultation worth $500. Stop worrying about your IRS problem. We can help you. We promise. Call the tax doctor right now. I mean right now to learn more. 800-668-2493. That's 800-668-2493. Do you own a timeshare? Well, face the facts. You made a mistake. You made a bad purchase. A timeshare is not an investment. It's a money pit that continues forever. If you use your timeshare, that's great. But if you don't and you want to legally get out of your contract, call my friends right now at the Timeshare Exit Hotline. They're an experienced team of lawyers who help good people like you get out of a timeshare contract that they just don't want. Don't throw away your money on maintenance fees. Use it for things you really want. We can help you end your timeshare contract and stop the money drain immediately. If you are ready to move on with your timeshare, call our team right now. Cancel your timeshare now with a free call. 800-953-0866-800-953-0866-800-953-0866. That's 800-953-0866. 